Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, uh, now people may be surprised that this is our first um, transfer update of the day, and it's not very much of one because we're talking about Liverpool with Zach Forster, who you can find on Twitter at Zach Forster underscore. Uh, Zach, Liverpool got most of their business out of the way nice and early, didn't leave it late like some clubs like United and Tottenham who left it so late that they just basically didn't do anything here towards the end. Are you glad that Liverpool were able to isolate their targets and bring them in so early? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely been one of the major plus points of this window. I think in the past, especially since Klopp's been with us, he's always... He's always sort of emphasised the importance of of training and especially a full pre-season and how that can you know give the team a boost at the start of the season. I think it was obviously doubly important because of the World Cup and the way that the World Cup actually fell with like different teams missing out, for example Holland and stuff. Um, sorry to bring that up. <laughs> um, it, it was it was important to get those players in and we've signed a few players that, that have managed to have full pre-seasons near enough because they weren't at the World Cup. So obviously we got Keita last season and, and that business was done and dusted. He's had a full pre-season. Fabinho wasn't selected for Brazil, so he's had a full pre-season. Um, Virgil van Dijk, who was signed in January, obviously has had a full pre-season this time. So getting the the, the bulk of, of, sort of the business done early was really, was really good. And for once... It, you know, the last few years haven't always been the, the smoothest for Liverpool. Well, you could say the last decade, to be honest. Um, so it was really nice to feel like, yeah, like we're probably one of the top three well-run clubs at the minute, you know, for like the last year or so. Um, I think a massive factor in our ability to get the business done early on this occasion, and, and in January as well, because uh, Van Dijk signed on like the first day, uh, is, is my our sporting director. Um, since he's come in, uh, it's been like a real synergy between Jurgen Klopp and and himself, and he's he sort of like avoids the limelight, but seems to get a lot done and a lot done in a quiet way. Sort of the journalists who you would usually expect to have sort of all, all, all the rumors and the gossip and the and the info which was deliberately leaked in past regimes, especially under Rogers. Um, so you're talking your James Pierce's, um, your Paul Joyce's. These leaks don't come out as much anymore, and I feel like it's given Liverpool a much better platform to complete these signings because this the sort of no negativity with the other clubs. Obviously, the summer before everything was still coming out with, with Van Dijk and and Keita. You had Ralph Ranick and Southampton almost every day in the press slating Liverpool. 
for the pursuits, but since since that happened, there's been a complete blackout on transfer news, and I think that's helped Liverpool get people in early because they can sort of scurry around behind the scenes. And I know for a fact um, it's been widely reported that Michael Edwards was working behind the scenes since early this year to get in the likes of Fabinho and Alisson. Alisson, there's been on and off negotiations since, apparently since February, and Fabinho the same again since around March. So yeah, this sort of like prior preempting of targets and, and and sort of total focus on them and actually getting them over the line. Yeah, it's been really satisfying to watch from a Liverpool point of view. Yeah, not only were you able to get your business done early, you were actually effective in this window, which many of the clubs weren't. Manchester City signed just one player, United signed three, but one of them is like a third string backup goalkeeper. Um, Chelsea just get their business done in the last two days. Tottenham, again, as we said, do literally nothing. Why do you think, aside from the fact that you're getting in early on these players, you were able to be so effective in what has been a very strange transfer window? Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely been a, tr- a strange transfer window. As you say, it's been a bit of a slow burner. And I think th- it's sort of like a perfect or an imperfect storm. We-, we-, we didn't really want this. We've had the World Cup slap bang in the middle of the window. And obviously the Premier League can't sign any players af- after today. Um, whereas usually we go all the way to September 1st. Um, so that you've had a condensed window and then a, a window where we've had, you know, the biggest tournament where all the best players are away from the club. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why everyone's been so quiet and why we look to get our business done early. Uh, but to be honest, I, I think there's just such a really good vibe around Liverpool at the moment. Um, I think if you sort of like, you don't really need to sell the dream anymore. There's no more Steven Gerrard texting potential targets because Rodgers doesn't sort of have the clout to really impressed the top targets like we missed out on people like William and Diego Costa even though we had the money and triggered um, release clauses definitely in Diego Costa's case release clause so I think so with with Jurgen Klopp with the brand of football that we've been playing and the Champions League final definitely is a major factor for Liverpool I think it's sort of people could see that Liverpool were building the last two or three years but I think even though we haven't, we still haven't won a trophy which is obviously you know the big the big blot on on the current regime. But getting to the Champions League final was an absolutely huge factor because it really put Liverpool on the map for people for players outside of the Premier League who maybe don't watch the Premier League every week. I know it's obviously hugely popular around the world, but I feel as if especially players like Alisson and and Fabinho, two Brazilians who maybe, you know, don't want maybe wouldn't have thought to come to England before, but now, especially Liverpool, I, I could see them at a place like Chelsea or something like that, or Arsenal a few years ago. But I feel like Liverpool, the, the northwest, is not always sort of like the most attractive place to come. But I think our current football, the hype that was created by the Champions League run and just Jurgen Klopp in general, and the synergy of the club, because everyone's pushing in the same direction, has allowed Liverpool to do this business early and very effectively, which is. Again, really great to see. Yeah, on the other side, obviously some players are leaving as as it stands right now as we're recording. It sounds like uh, Danny Ings is going to make a loan move to Southampton. Uh, Who else went through the exit door? Um, in terms of first team, it's been it's been really quiet. Obviously, Liverpool lost every chance to Juventus on a free as soon as the window opened. Um, that was obviously I wish it could have been avoidable, but with Fabinho coming in and Keita coming in, it kind of softens those that blow. And 
obviously Coutinho in January we lost. We're kind of getting over that one now, um, especially with Mane really stepping up since January. Um, other players to leave in summer, um, most notable one after Emery Chan was Danny Ward. Um, it, it, after Carries' mistakes in pre-season, Klopp kind of intimated that Ward might get a chance in the first team. But obviously, then literally two days later, we were all over Ellison and he left for, for about £12 million. Um, and then it's mostly just um, kids, to be honest. And having kids anymore, I suppose they've been here quite a while. Uh, Jordan Williams, um, defence midfielder, he went on a free. Uh, John Flanagan finally left on a free. Um, he's 25, definitely not a kid anymore. Um, Adam Bogdan has gone back out on loan and Ben Woodburn has gone out on loan to get some football as well. So, yeah, as, unless there's... Obviously, we've got to the end of the window to get people out who might go to the foreign league. So we've got people like uh, Divo Corrigi, um, Lazar Markovic, who who potentially could go abroad. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, as you mentioned, we've, we have Danny Ings. I, I did see someone say that it might just be a loan deal uh, with an option to buy. Um, but we'll see. Apparently, the... Um, the transfer sheet was sort of sub- submitted. The registration sheet was submitted before five, so that can they've got to like seven pm to do a deal on that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd quite like to see Danny Ings sold permanently. To be honest, um, I think it's just not worked out for him at Liverpool. But it, and and I really feel like he deserves regular football because he, he he's shown such strong character to come through what he's come through. And it'd be nice to see him sort of starting week in week out for someone like Southampton, who are quite you know quite a nice club to watch and. And they've got quite a big fan base down there. So, yeah, if, if Liverpool can get Ings out, that, that I think that suits all parties at this point. You'd actually be allowing somebody to tread that road the other way instead of taking somebody from Southampton, actually giving them somebody for a change. Um, yeah. A very interesting player that has not left is um, goalkeeper from last year, well, second half of last year, Lloris Carius. Obviously... Um, the error in the Champions League final brought questions about his future. Then it looked like he was going to be backed. Then obviously you bring in Allison in front of him. What is his role going to be going forward? And do you think he'll stay through the end of the continental window? Um, I feel like, I think I think Liverpool are definitely only going to keep one of Mignolet and Carrius. Um, Mignolet was another one I should have mentioned uh, in the last question. He's probably in the same bracket as Origi and Markovic. Um, he's been linked with Barcelona, actually, um, of all teams. But I think Carius's role will be the second goalkeeper to Allison. Um, he got a really nice reception on Tuesday when Liverpool played Torino. Um, he played the last 20 minutes, um, came off for Allison, got like standing ovation. It was really nice. Um, so I think you know the, the players in the stadium. Uh, sorry, the fans in the stadium will always back him. We all know that Twitter can sometimes be a bit hectic a bit aggressive and it's just not, sometimes it's not a very nice place and obviously I don't condone any of the sort of death threats and stuff that went down it was just pathetic really but I think it can definitely forge a second goalkeeper role for Liverpool and then maybe in a year's time look for a move just sort of like build his confidence up quietly you know on, on the training ground with Liverpool team and then hopefully he'll probably he's going to have to move on next year he's still a young goalkeeper uh, still got loads of time to improve and, and he can improve and he is to the bases I think he can be a very good goalkeeper he was good in the second half of last season it was just you know a nightmare for him to concede those mistakes on the biggest of stages but yeah I think I think he'll stay and be the second goalkeeper and then I think Mignolet will go out and, and one of the younger boys will come in as the third keeper 
I think it'll be a Grabara if anyone. So yeah, that's how I see our goalkeeper situation at the minute. Gotcha. Also with the window closed, um, that means <laughs> naturally no more players are coming in. Obviously, Fakir was a big rumor for a while there before the whole Aulis stuff. Um, <clears throat> also, center back uh, has been an issue for you in the past. Obviously, Van Dyke addressed that in a big way, but to my knowledge, Dejan Lovren is still a starting center back for Liverpool Football Club. What do you make of those positions that went unaddressed? Um, yeah, it, it was really disappointing not to get Fakir over the line. I, I was I was on the pod a couple of weeks ago on the roundtable, and I, and I predicted that Liverpool would get him for a slightly cheaper fee uh, as the, towards the end of the window. Obviously, that's not materialised, and my and my hopes and dreams have been dashed. But um, I think I think that he's not signed for anyone else, such as Chelsea. I think it's, it could be um, sort of like a Van Dijk situation where we might get him in a further window. Uh, I hope that's the case because I do really like Fakir. Um, yeah, I followed his time at Leon, and he's, he's a player that would have really excited me in a Liverpool shirt. Um, and I think Liverpool did need an attacking midfielder. Um, the, the injury to Chamberlain is, is a real blow for Liverpool. In terms of actual goal output from midfield, I think Liverpool can sort of cover it with Shaqiri and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum's had a really good pre-season. He scored, he scored three goals. Uh, and Shaqiri looks like he might actually be able to play that sort of advanced midfield three role rather than being cover for, for a width role. And I think... I think both of those potential, you know, both of those possibilities are, are quite positive for Liverpool. Um, Wijnaldum made his trade as an attacking midfielder, so in terms of goals from midfield, it, it should it should work out. It, again, it is just bodies. Um, there's youngsters come through, such as Curtis Jones and Lalana. If he can stay fit, might be able to provide some minutes. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll just use all the bodies at our, at our disposal uh, on Lovren. Uh, yeah. He, he improved after the Tottenham game. He had a few games out and then came back in. Looks a bit more solid, but he, he's never as good as he talks himself up to be. He's not one of the best defenders in the world. And I would have liked to have seen Liverpool replace him with someone. We were heavily linked with Lascelles at the start of the window, and then we were heavily linked with Tarkowski um, towards the end of the window. Sort of rumblings, um, you know, in the ITK, in the ITK world. Um yeah, saying that Tarkowski could have been done late on. Um, I can't really see that, to be honest, because he is a Manchester United fan. So, yeah, that would have been a strange one for me. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's still a starting centre back for Liverpool. Uh, I don't, he's not. I don't think he'll start against West Ham. Um, I had enough pre-season to sort of like get back into any kind of rhythm. I think Joe Gomez will will start next to Van Dijk, assuming he can get over his tight hamstring, which, which forced him to miss the Torino game. So. Yeah, when everyone's fit, Dan Lovren probably is the you know the right-sided starting centre back for Liverpool, mm-hmm. and there's not really much we can do about it now. Um, yeah, he's not the worst centre back in the world, but he's always got that mistake in him. And you know, if you want to be challenging for the title, they're the mistakes that you could really, really do without. So yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but it's still like an eight point five out of ten window. I'm still happy with the window. I'm not massively depressed that Lovren's mm-hmm. still there. It's just one of those things. Yeah, and if you had bought, uh, you know, a starting center back and another attacking player, you know, th- that's when you start to get in the, the territory of maybe you've signed too many. How will they all bet in? As we talked about on that show you referenced earlier, you did point out it is really only four players, but it's likely yeah. for first teamers. Um, but 
again, the more you add, sometimes the harder it can get the, the squad to gel. And the benefit of Lovren is that he's friends with Salah. And whatever you can do to keep Salah <laughs> happy seems to be a decent idea. Definitely. With all of this done, what are your expectations now for at least the first half of the season until we get to the next transfer window? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, expectations for the first half of the window are quite, are quite high for me. I think in terms of... In terms of how the World Cup has affected our squad, I think Liverpool's has been sort of the least sort of touched. Tottenham obviously had so many players nine. in the semi-finals. Was nine, nine semi-finals. Yeah, I mean that is that's just crazy, and uh, you know, and they're all really good players. You know, Kane, Ali, um, Dembele, Vertonghen, Rose, Trippier. Like this is a that's like most of your first eleven. So, um, Lloris as well, who won the thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be tricky for for these teams to sort of negotiate the first six games or so. And I'm hoping Liverpool. Obviously, nothing is given in football. City could City and Tottenham could come out and win the first six games. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Liverpool need to try and make a statement at the start and sort of like really try and get into gear as fast as possible. Obviously, we we did we had players at the World Cup as well, but yeah, out of the top six. Ours is nowhere near the worst in terms of um, missed preseason and maybe a lack of sharpness. And then for the rest of the season, the the bare minimum now, obviously, is top four. Um, if we don't get top four, I think, in fact, maybe not even that. I think the, I think the bare minimum is actually top two with the signings that we've made and sort of the squad and the and sorry, the, well, the first eleven certainly that we've got. The squad's a little bit better, but the first eleven that we've got is probably the best I've seen. Um, maybe. Maybe just with the 0809 team, you know, Torres, Alonso, Mascherano, Gerard. Um, so, yeah, it's top two is bare minimum. Let's see how far we can push City. If I could press you for where you think Liverpool will be after match week 19. Uh, after match week 19, I think Liverpool will be top. Yeah? Yeah. That would certainly and- be interesting. It would be interesting. And I think we will finish second as the season ends. May I recommend doing that the other way? Yeah, well, that's my prediction anyway. Yeah, I think Liverpool will be top at Christmas and we'll find a way to finish second. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, Liverpool or this window? Um, just just um, generally content, to be honest. Um, yeah, eight, you know, eight, eight point five out of ten for me. Um, I have absolutely no grumblings over this window. I haven't stressed at any point during the window. I haven't, 
being down or angry at the club or thinking, oh, he should have done this, should have done that. It's, it's just, everyone can always say, oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. Even if Liverpool are signed for Keir and, I don't know, Lascelles or Tarkowski at the same time, someone else would have been saying, oh, but we just need that on the bench or we just need to sign that kid. And, you know, it's just it just gets out of control. I think this is an absolutely fine window by Liverpool. And in terms of the top six, we've improved the most. So... Yeah, re- really looking forward to the season. Like I'm so so enthusiastic for the season. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, and then we'll wrap up with a horrible idea. I don't know why I didn't mention this earlier. Um, but since we don't have an Everton representative, curious to get your thoughts on the window across the the, the way there, especially today. Um, bringing in at time of recording is still yet officially announced, but um, Bernardo and Yeri Mina and Andre Gomez. Um, to be, I don't know. I think I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag for for Everton this summer. Um, obviously, we we said again going back to to the round table uh, the other week. We I said that we don't really read too much into preseason results, and Everton's results have been pretty poor. Um, obviously, they scored like I think they scored twenty six goals, but only won one game. <laughs> That's just crazy because obviously they beat that pub team like twenty two now. Um, so yeah. Back for them. Yeri Mina, I think, will be a, will actually be a good signing for Everton. Actually, um, I think you know Phil Jagielka is getting on now. He's thirty five years old. Um, let's see how Mina can get in there with Michael Keane, perhaps quite a youthful um, partnership at centre back. Um, I'm quite excited about Bernard. Actually, um, I wanted him to come to the Premier League for quite a while, and even though. I think I'm sure someone did. I saw it on Twitter, like a rough calculation. Apparently, apparently they're paying 200k a week. I don't actually know if that's true or not. Um, obviously, it was it was a free transfer, but he probably got like a 10 million pound signing on bonus. I think if you sort of extrapolate that over a contract, it's like a 50 million pound signing. So it's not as if it's like a cheap signing, even though on the surface it looks like just a standard, you know, free transfer. Um, so yeah, they they need him to do well. I think he will do well. I think he'll excite the Everton fans, and. It it just depends if he really buys into the club. I think I think that's sort of, sort of something that Everton have missed in recent years. Like sort of when they had like that core of British players under Moyes and then Cahill and stuff like that and Arteta. I think those players all really bought into Everton and really grafted as hard as possible to try and make Everton a Champions League team. Obviously, they didn't quite make it, and I think since then they've sort of missed that sort of togetherness since Moyes left. And if 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 that can be recaptured and. You know, sprinkle a bit of flair from, you know, from the um, Martinez era when they were playing absolutely great football. Combine those two, and we could be looking at looking at a decent Everton team. I, I'm not I'm not particularly worried about the Andre Gomez signing. I don't think he's a great player, and I saw on Twitter that a lot of Barcelona fans were actually celebrating his departure. So. Yeah, that's that could be a bit of a mixed one, but yeah, <laughs> that's something you don't usually want to see when you sign a player. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, thought, I saw someone say like it was the best day ever or something, and like in capital letters and lols everywhere. So it was <laughs> that, that's a bit of a warning, a red flag for Everton fans. But yeah, it's been it's been a mixed bag, and th- there is definitely some good in there. All right, uh, well that will do it for us today, Zach. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ZachForster underscore. Um, yeah, we'll, I'll be discussing the Premier League almost daily. I can't wait for it to start. So yeah, come and join me. Yep, thanks so much for joining us again. And I'm sure we'll speak soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 